Hello, this is Brad J, and you're listening to Brad J Plays. This is the podcast where I teach you how to play a medium to heavyweight game. I also read some reviews of that game, go over some frequently asked questions, and before I get into the teach of the game, I'm going to give you a little bit of an overview so you can uh, get an idea whether or not you want to actually learn to play the game. Uh, this podcast aims to teach a game from setup to tear down. Uh, it, uh, it hopefully I, I do a pretty good job of doing that, but you know I may mess up. So really, you'll, you'll probably still need to read the rule book. I'm going to try and teach the game so you can just play this at game night and then go. But I'm not perfect, so you you might still need to read the rule book. That is a, a possibility. Uh, I think this podcast works best as a kind of supplement to the rules. So. You know, if you're learning to play it, you read the rules, some things don't make sense, or if you want a primer before you read the rules, hey, this podcast is great for that. Or if you just want to get an idea of whether or not you'll like the game I cover, hey, you can listen to it for that. Um, I'm going to start up front, um, instead of starting just jumping right into the teach, I'm going to give a uh, an overview of the game that's a little more comprehensive than I have before. That way, if you're, um, you know, if you're just listening to the podcast and you're thinking, I don't even know if I, I really want to play this game or not. You can get a, a more um, comprehensive idea of the game and how it plays before you listen to entire, like, oh, let's teach the game. Uh, plus, I guess, you know, I, I was reviewing the game sort of at the end um, after I taught it. But considering that I'm doing an entire podcast to teach it, you probably already know that every game I cover on here is a game I like. So, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. I am not a professional radio person, and because of that, uh, I go on tangents sometimes. But that's part of the joy of podcasting, isn't it? So today, we are um, talking about Pipeline, not talking about meandering nonsense, talking about Pipeline. Uh, Pipeline is a game put out uh, just earlier this year by Capstone Games. Uh, the designer is Ryan Courtney. It has graphic design uh, art by the wonderful Ian O'Toole, who did the art on the last game I covered, Lisboa. Ian O'Toole has a very distinct style, and I love it. This isn't the Ian O'Toole cast, um, so... You know, the next game I play will probably have much uglier art because, um, you know, I have something planned that is a <laughs> slightly uglier game. Uh, anyway, today we're not talking about ugly games. We're talking about the beautiful Pipeline. Pipeline, if you don't know what Pipeline is, um, Pipeline is a game where players are competing oil magnates. So in the, the world of Pipeline, the government has just opened up the long nationalized oil industry to private companies, and now everyone wants their piece of the pie. Um, so in this, you're trying to essentially just make a lot of money by refining oil. It's pretty simple uh, in concept. It's not an overly complex game to learn, but it is difficult to master. I've played this eight or nine times now. I've won twice. The, those two times are both my most recent times. So I played this like six times before I won a game. And normally I don't really care if I win or I lose. Unless it's a game that I've lost like six times in a row. The time I won this, I was very excited. Um, so yeah, Pipeline is an interesting game because there's... um. I would say it's like a, an economic... Uh, you know what? Before I start talking about the game, 
I forgot to say, I apologize, this is a game by the game company Capstone Games, which puts out a lot of really cool heavyweight games. Um, I actually have another game of theirs, Arkwright, that is renowned for being very hard to learn and uh, very, uh, very heavy and um, also very good. Uh, I have not learned to play it. I've had it for almost a year now. I think maybe over a year. I got it on sale. Um, and I'm like, oh, it's a heavy game that no one will ever play with me. Maybe I'll play it someday, you know, several years from now. But now after playing Pipeline, another capstone game, and also having a podcast where I teach heavy, un unteachable games. I um, Not that Pipeline's unteachable, but you, you get the idea. I'm going off on that tangent again. Uh, <laughs> now that I have a podcast... Uh, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll get it to the table sooner. Uh, I will say, just reading through the rule book though, uh, my eyes will my eyes glaze over. Uh, that's a tough one. Anyway, Capstone Games, pretty cool company. So um, yeah, Pipeline came out earlier this year. Plays two to four players. No solo mode, although I've heard rumblings that there'll be an expansion at some point with a solo mode, which would be nice for people like me who play solo games. Uh, it says 30 minutes per player. Uh, I think that's a little bit of an underestimate. Uh, the game can cause a little bit of anal analysis paralysis, but I could see two people that have played it a few times whizzing through it pretty quickly. Uh, I think the couple of two, the first two-player game I had was uh, at PAX Unplugged. I was being taught the game, and we were we were being taught the game. Me and uh, Dean uh, at the same time as someone else was being taught the game next to us. So it was a little confusing. We actually sat, that game took like two and a half hours with the teach included. Uh, it was kind of a mess. But um, I've played this game with two people after learning, like really learning to play it and having a copy of the game on my own. And uh, it, it goes, you can get done two people in about an hour. Four people should last two hours. It really goes longer than that though, depending on how how much analysis paralysis people have. Um, so... Yeah, so Pipeline, what, what is Pipeline about? Pipeline is a game where you're trying to make money by by buying, refining, and selling oil. You do some other stuff in the game, but most of this game is about buying oil, refining it into, into classier oil, and then selling that classy oil to people with long, twirly mustaches. No, wait, you are the people with long, twirly mustaches. You're selling it to, to truckers, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how oil works. I'm not in the oil industry. I'm I'm on a podcast, uh, so, but yeah, so you're you're buying and selling and refining oil and trying to make money. You do do some other things, but most of it's it's all based around oil and and the oil industry. So each game place take takes place over three years, with each year containing a decreasing amount of rounds in which players get to take actions, and in between each year there's a refresh phase. So the first year, I forget the exact number of actions, but the first year there'll be, you know, 10 rounds. And then the second year there's eight rounds and the third year there's six rounds. And then certain things are refreshed between those years. Um, so the game feels like the game feels like you can't do anything the first year. And then by the end of the third year, you're like making tons of money, hundreds of dollars a turn when before you're like, I just need. Um, uh, so it's a very tight game. Uh, how does the game play? So uh, in, in any round, each player will take an action. 
The actions let you buy and sell oil, build up your own personal pipeline network, uh, get various upgrades, and refine your oil with your pipeline network. Uh, at the end of the third years, players gain cash based on uh, a number of different things, and the player with the most cash wins, and that includes cash on hand. Um, so one of the coolest things about this game is that in addition to the, uh, the element of the game where you're taking actions and you're trying to think of the best action to, to grow your economic empire, you, you think, do I need to, should I buy this oil? Should I refine the oil? Do I want to sell it? Do I want to take a contract where I could sell it for less, sell it easier? You're wondering what your actions are. And on top of that, there's also a little sub game of spatial management where you have, uh, you have all these rectangular tiles with up to three pipes on them and the pipes can have multiple segments on a tile there's three different colors of pipe there's um there's a, a greenish blue there's an orange and there's gray and they correspond with the different oil in the game so you have all these rectangular pipes and throughout the game you'll be buying these pipes and assembling them in front of you however you want um they're just locked down when you put them down and you're assembling this pipe network where you're trying to make you're trying to make long pipes of the same color because you can take an action during the game which will let you run oil of a matching color through those pipes. And the oil gets better depending on the length of the pipe. Um, the how much how much how long the pipe needs to be to make the oil better is randomized every game. So maybe to uh, to change you know your oil from uh, crude to low grade it needs to run through five segments of pipe. So not five tiles, because a tile can have multiple, multiple segments, but let's say you've, you've got a few pipes, you've arranged your pipe network how you want. Um, you can run, you, know, you have a blue pipe that has five segments and it requires five segments to run a blue barrel of oil through, you know, to get it up to low grade. Hey, you can do that. You can, you can take an action that lets you do that. And then you have more valuable oil that you can sell. And then let's say there's there's four different levels of oil. There's uh, crude, low grade, medium grade, and high grade. I don't know if those are the terms that the game uses, but those are the terms that I'm using for this purpose. But um, so if your pipe's longer, you can actually jump multiple levels. So if it costs five to get from crude to low grade and four to get from low to medium grade, um, and you have a pipe that has nine segments of the same color so it's nine blue segments you can take a you know a blue barrel of oil from low grade to medium grade so you're trying to to make your own little pipe network as you buy these pipes that are available and come out into the pipe store you're trying to arrange them in a way so that you can uh you can you know take one one barrel of oil and make it way more valuable uh, you you know you all you also when you take the refine your own oil action you can refine you can run oil through one pipe of each color that's on that tile um, that you that you put your little action guy on so ideally if you can make a pipe network where you can run one of each different color of oil because you you can only run one one color of, of one of each color of oil. So if you have two orange, you can't run two orange oil when you when you do this. Anyway, I'm I'm I haven't taught the game yet, but now I'm getting into rules and degree. Basically, you assemble all these segments of pipes, and you you ideally want to assemble it so you have a bunch of long pipes that 
um, you know, somewhere meet on one tile and you have one, one pipe of each color meeting there and then you can run oil through, you know, all through. You can, you can, you can change your oil from less valuable to more valuable oil in an efficient manner and then sell it for money and then run more oil. I know this game sounds incredibly boring unless you're like me, in which case you're like, where can I buy this game? I want to buy this game. Uh, it, it this is this is a pretty dry game, and I will say that um people that I've played it with have been mixed on it. Some people were like, I have to play this again. Some people were like, yeah, it's okay, it's not bad. And then we were like, man, this game sucks. You don't do anything. Um, it's a very tight game, so if you don't like games that have that that really tight feeling where you, you never feel like you have enough actions, if you if you really hate that, I'd avoid this game. Um, but if you like really tight economic games that reward um, making efficient actions during the game, this is a really fun game. It's really thinky. I don't think it really takes that long to play. I know some people have complained that it takes a long time, but I disagree. So anyway, Pipeline. My, I, I recommend it as I do pretty much any game that I cover on this channel. Uh, I like it a lot. I've played it a bunch of times. Talking about it makes me want to play it again. It's a fun game. It's good. It's uh, it's definitely not leaving my collection anytime soon. So I would recommend Pipeline uh, very much. Uh, and now I'm going to teach you how to play it. So Pipeline, you have an idea already of how to play it from that, uh, that overview. But let's go into some of the nitty gritty. Now, I like to start at the end of a game first and then work my way backwards. So in Pipeline... Um, once the once all of the rounds are over, then players will will count up all the money they have on hand. Whoever has the most money wins. But in addition to money on hand, you're also going to add um, you get or I shouldn't say you add, but you'll also get additional money for any oil that's on your personal player board um, that is better than crude oil. So. Anything that's on your player board that's less than crude oil, you get lower than the going rate if you sold it, but you still get points for that. For every pipe you have, you get uh, points. I say points. I should say cash. You get cash for every you know oil on your board. You also get cash for um, every pipe that you have. The longer it is, then the more cash that you get from it. So a uh, pipe that can... Ref and you, you determine length by determining... Um, how many how far it can take a barrel of oil so example if you have a pipe that can take an oil from crude to low grade it's not going to be worth as much as a pipe that can take a barrel of oil from crude to high grade um so you get points for your pipes for your oil and then at the beginning of the game there are valuation tiles that are, that are set out or valuation cards um there's one valuation tile that's always out and then there's random valuation cards and these can give you points for a number of different things. The number of tanks on your board that hold oil. It can sometimes, you know, double count scoring for oil of a certain color on your board. All sorts of stuff. There's a huge deck of valuation cards, which is one of the reasons I like this game because having so many different um, bonus win conditions, or you shouldn't call them win conditions because they're not really win conditions, but having all these different bonus factors really makes the game. Um, it really makes the game stay fresh. So um, now, b before I get well, so you you value up everything. You get you cash out all the cash. You get the bonus cash from valuations, pipes, and crude oil on the board. 
And then you also subtract m money from any penalty cubes. Uh, there is a chart on everyone's player board in this game um, that will tell you how much money you lose for depending on how many penalty cubes that you have. And penalty cubes, I'll explain later, you get through various ways in the game. Sometimes you have to take them. A couple are fine. If you end up with five or six, you're probably going to lose unless everyone else has five or six because uh, they give you an exponential amount of negative points. But you add up everything, subtract your, your penalty, and then the most cash wins the game. So before we get into actual gameplay, I want to go over the board. Um, now, I'll explain different elements in detail, but if you can look at the board, that would definitely help. If you have, it, have a copy of the game, I'd advise setting it up and just going through the setup in the rulebook so that you have a point of reference. Otherwise, just look up a picture of the game online if possible. If you're in your car, I know you can't do that, so I'm going to try and explain it well. But um, So imagine, if you will, uh, a large board with a number of spaces like like most board games have. Um, the first thing you'll notice is there are a lot of rectangular tiles with pipes of varying colors and lengths on them. So these are the pipes that you'll be using to refine oil during the game, and there are two spots to obtain them. The middle of the board has four large sections of government pipes. These are never refilled during the game. Off to the right side of the board are several rows of more expensive pipe that do get refilled at the start of each year. If you remember earlier, I said that the the years there are there are essentially two points where the things refresh at the start of the two years, um, or at the start of years two and three. So between these two areas on the right, we have spots that contain machines and tanks that you can buy during the course of the game. On the left side of the board are spots for contacts or contracts and orders. Contracts give you recurring ways to sell oil at a lower payout, um, and these tiles also partially refill each year. Under them, we have a section for, for orders tiles. These give you ways to get cash for oil, but they never refill. Um, more on both of these later. At the bottom of the board, we have the oil market. This is where you can sell oil, buy oil uh, other people have sold, and buy crude oil that you can then refine. And speaking of crude, at the top of the board is a, a row of crude oil cubes that you can buy cheaply. Uh, also, at the top, we have the turn order tracker, the year tracker, and the refinement cost tracker, which is where you see that um, how much it costs, how many, how many pipelines it takes to refine oil. So, the last thing on the main board are eight rectangular spots in the middle of the board. These are the actions you can take during the game. There's also spaces on the table adjacent to the main board where you'll find five columns of upgrade cards, as well as a spot for the endgame scoring valuation cards. Um, in addition to the main board, each player has a player board of spots to put tanks so that you can store oil. It has a turn breakdown and a scoring breakdown. Um, also, while it doesn't have a specific spot, players should keep room free next to their player board to put their specific pipe tiles. And speaking of pipes, um, before we go into the actions and what you do each turn, uh, I want to explain the main mechanism in the game, running your pipelines. So every turn you'll be taking an action by putting your, your one little worker guy on a space. This space, it doesn't matter if it has anyone else on it. You, can, you can't block spaces in this game. 
So one of the actions you'll take during the game is refining oil by running it through your pipeline um, by putting your little worker on one of your rectangular pipeline things. Um, if you remember in the overview, I did say that you'll you'll be buying uh, these rectangular pipes and assembling them in front of you in a kind of puzzly way. Um, so again, just to recap, um, oil has four grades, crude, low, medium, and high. Um, when you take the action to run your pipelines, you'll be taking a barrel of oil on your player board and using your personal pipe network to take it from crude to different grades, ending at high. So in order to do this, you pick one tile in your personal pipe network, and uh, for each of the three colors of pipes that might be on it, or up to three colors of pipes, you can run one barrel of matching oil through it. For example, if there's a blue and an orange pipe, you can run a blue and an orange barrel of oil through those pipes. If there's two orange pipes and a gray pipe, you can run one barrel of orange and one barrel of gray, picking either of the orange pipes to use. So how the action actually works is you'll you'll put your little uh, your little worker on that tile to show that's the one you're running, and then for each pipe you count up the total segments on that pipe. So say you want to run an orange barrel of oil, so you pick a, a you know rectangular pipe tile that has an, a long orange pipe touching that tile or on that tile somewhere or a piece of it on that tile I should say. So what you'll do is you'll count the segments on that pipe. It starts either where it uh, where a, the tiles end completely, or where it goes into a tile of a different color. Um, if you'll note, if you can see it, if you can't, I'll explain it. But <laughs> I'll just explain it. So the pipes have um, on each pipe tile, it can have one to two segments, I believe. So you'll count all these segments, and then you'll look at the refinement track to see how many segments it takes to take an oil from whatever grade it's at to the next grade. So let's say you want to take a, an oil from low grade to medium grade, and Orange this game had the uh, the random refinement token that shows it takes six to take it from um, from low grade to medium grade. So you would need to have a low grade barrel of oil already on your player board, and on your player board you have a number of tanks. Each tank has two spots to store a barrel of oil. So let's say you have a low grade oil and you want to take it to medium grade, you would take the pipe action and if you had a orange pipe that had at least six segments, you could use that pipe to bump it up to medium grade. Um, if you have more than that, it doesn't matter unless you have um, exactly enough or more than the next level to refine it. So for example, you know, if going from if going from crude to if going from crude to low grade took six, and then low grade to medium grade took six, and then let's just say medium grade to high grade took four, you would need a a pipe of a uh, pipeline of uh, wow, total brain fart in the middle of a teach, uh, a total pipeline of sixteen segments. That's not tiles because a tile can have multiple segments. So you need an orange pipe that's sixteen segments long. And then you could zip zop it all the way up to uh, from crude to high grade in one go. And if you have smaller pipes, you can do them in lower amounts. And that other example, if you had a pipe of six, you could take three turns to take a pipe from crude to high grade. But obviously, you, you, it's more efficient to do it uh, to try and take an oil as far as it can go with one action. And this game is all about efficiency. 
So, um, yeah, so that's how you, you run oil through your pipes. You put a guy on the tire you want to run, and then you if you have the oil, then you have long enough pipes for each color you can run, or you can run one barrel for each color on there. Um, and so that's the, I bring that action up first because uh, you'll be doing that a good amount. And there's another, another secret way of, that's not secret. There's another way of running oil through the pipes that I'll get to in a little bit. But, um, so that is the, the first action I explained, running oil through your pipelines. Understanding how that works is integral to playing the game because it's, you know, all your oil is, is crude and you can't really do anything with it unless you're refining some of it. Um, so now let's talk about the actions. Now, um, there are eight main actions you'll, you can take in this game. Uh, on these actions, these are the actions that are in the, in the cross shape, um, in the middle of the board. So you have eight rectangular spaces, um, and that are split apart by the, the middle spot in the board. So, you know, in the middle of the board, top, bottom, left, right, there'll be two spaces on each. The outside uh, of these spaces are all involved buying and selling oil, and the inside are specialized actions. Um, when you take an action, you just take your worker and you place it on one of these eight spaces. And then you can, after you take that action, you can pay $10 to immediately take the action that is directly next to that. So, you know, let's say you go and sell some oil at the refined market, and right next to it is you know, the, the tank action, you can pay $10 and then you can go, go, go ham on some tanks. Um, also, uh, when you, when you do take some of these actions, there's a little symbol on them that shows that you can change turn order. So you can change your turn order next turn to go. Um, I believe you can change your turn order. I know that's bad when you're teaching games, say I believe, but I believe you can change your turn order to go in any order you want. Although I've never seen anyone go anything but first. Which is nice because if you go last, you can take one of these actions and as a bonus, you can bump yourself up to first next round. So it kind of helps from one player taking over the game. Because whoever's first, you know, even if you change your your even if you change your turn order to first or keep it in first, I guess, whoever gets whoever takes a, an action later that lets them change turn order can just bump you back by taking first. Um so those are the actions. You'll put your guy on it, take the action, and then you can pay $10 for a secondary action. And then if there's the turn order symbol, you'll bump up your turn order. And let's talk about the actions themselves. So there are four spots that are fixed on the board. These are three different refined markets and a crude market. Um, these all let you buy and sell oil at varying costs. So the, the crude market... Uh, the crude market allows you to buy crude oil. Uh, at the top of the board, there's three different tracks with each of the different colors of oil, blue, orange, and gray. And when you take the crude oil action, you can buy as much of this oil as you want. Now, this oil gets more expensive as you buy it or as anyone buys it. So, um, you know, if someone's bought a bunch of orange oil, the oil that's left will be more expensive. All you do to buy this is you, you take the crude oil action, you pick what oil you're going to buy, take those cubes, and put them on the crude oil portion of your board. Now, you have to have tanks on your board. Now, I mentioned earlier that there are, on your player board, you have spots for tanks. You start out with five tanks that you can arrange how you want. 
um, and each tank can hold two barrels of oil. So, you know, starting off, you'll usually have like four spots for oil. So when you take the crude action to buy oil, you have to have a spot to put the crude oil in as well as the money to buy it. So you pay for it, put that oil on your player board, on, on your on your little tanks there, and then you, um, yeah, and then that's, that is that is it for the crude oil action. You can just buy oil. You can buy, you know, oil all from the same color, from different colors, however you want. Um, you know, you're free to buy whatever oil you want. Unlike the refined markets, the other three spaces are refined markets one, two, and three, and these correspond with spots on the board. So these spots allow you to sell oil to the refined markets, and then there's a mini crude oil market underneath them. And all these are set up so that they will have, they will have, you can sell two different colors of oil to the refined market, and then the crude oil underneath is the third color of oil. So um, it makes it so that, you know, you, you, ideally you want to be able to refine multiple types of oil so you can take the refined action, sell some oil, and then, you know, buy some crude oil of another color that you can then refine later. So the way these action spaces work is the refined markets have a number of spots that have different, they have different uh, prices for the oil on them and different little squares where you can put oil barrels. So you'll take refined oil. Let's say you want to go to refined oil market one and sell some orange and gray oil. So you, you, um, you just take that action and then you can take any number of cubes on your board, oil, I'm sorry, oil barrels, not cubes, and you can just place them on corresponding spots on the refined market. So for example, you take refined market one, it lets you sell gray and orange oil. Um, you can, you have a bunch of low grade oil. As long as there are open spots on the low grade part of that refined market, you can put those there and you take the cash and then you, you have the, um, you have the cash because that's what you took. That doesn't make sense. Um, well, it doesn't make sense, but anyway, so <laughs> forget that last part. I'll probably not edit it out. Um, so the refined markets, you take that action, you just sell the oil there. Now these spots do fill up and some of those barrels get removed during the, uh, during the refresh phase. Um, but they don't always all get removed. There's a set number that get removed. So if a lot of people are selling the same kinds of oil, it can fill up. And I didn't say this. Um, you might have assumed this, but oil is worth more depending on the grade. So high-grade oil is worth a lot more than low-grade oil. Um, so then after you sell however much oil you want, you can buy oil. And you can either buy the crude oil underneath uh, or you could buy the oil on the board for whatever the, the the price it was sold for and you're you're maybe thinking why would i want to buy this if i would just sell it for the same price there are reasons i'll get to them later don't worry about too much so that's the three refined oil spaces they let you sell oiled oil cubes that you've refined to that market to get you know big bucks and then you can buy some crude oil if you want or buy some oil other people sold or buy back your own oil but i don't know why you would want to do that um so those are the four spots that are all fixed to the board. The other four actions are all, there are tiles and they're randomly chosen which spots they go in. So the game's a little different because, you know, depending on when you take that secondary action, you know, the, um, the tanks and pipe tile 
might be next to the crude oil this game, but next game it's next to the refined oil. So, you know, you might take the tank action and then want to pay 10 for crude oil, but you can't because it's not next to it. It was next to it last game. Um, yeah, so these are on random spots. So these actions work the same as the refined oil actions. You put your person there, take the action, and then you can pay $10 to take whatever action is, is immediately next to it. So let's go through them. So the first is the contracts and loans. So this lets you do two things. It lets you take a contract uh, or multiple contracts and take a loan if you want. When you take a loan, it gives you a penalty cube and $15, which isn't a lot of money, but early on, there's a good chance you might have to take a loan. It happens a lot. Um, again, with this, penalty cubes are bad if you have a lot of them, but if you only have a little of them, they're not that bad. So you can take a loan, just take $15 on penalty cube, and you can also take contracts. You can do both when you take this action. To take contracts on the side of the board, there's a bunch of different tiles that will have pictures of oil ranging from low to high grade. Um, and sometimes there's mix. Sometimes there'll be one high grade and two medium grade or something like that. Um, so these contracts are tiles that you can, you can fulfill by putting a barrel of oil on and getting paid out for for that without taking a, a selling action. So for example, um, well first, when you take the contract action, you can take uh, you can take a contract from one of each of the three different rows of contracts. So you can take up to three contracts. Um, now when you take these, you can either put them face down and defer them, meaning that they won't become active till the next year. Or you can take them and put them face up next to your player board. And then as soon as you have the oil it shows on there, you can put that barrel of oil, move it from your tanks to that, and get paid out. So let's say you take a contract that has a barrel of low grade and a barrel of high grade. Um, you already have your barrel of high grade, so you take it on there and you get paid out for that. And then later on, you refine an oil to low grade. You can take that and put it on there, and then you get paid out for that. Um, now, th this sounds good because why would you ever take the refined action? Wouldn't you just take a bunch of contracts? No, you wouldn't. Uh, because if you don't, for every, for every barrel of oil that you couldn't fulfill on a contract at the end of the year, you get a penalty cube. So if you take, you know, one of those contracts that has four spots for oil, that might be a lot of easy money you can get without taking an action. But at the same time, if you don't fulfill that, you're getting a bunch of penalty cubes. Um, also, the payouts for selling oil to a contract are less than selling to the refined market. That's the kind of trade-off you have to take for being able to easily sell your oil rather than take an action for it. So the contracts and loans, just to uh, go over it again, you can take a loan for fifteen of $15 and get a penalty cube, which you're then stuck with for the rest of the game. Um, and you can also take one contract from each of the rows or, or just one contract or two contracts. Um, and then you can either put it face up or defer it till next year, meaning you can't fill it this year, but it won't give you penalty cubes. And then at the start of the next year, it becomes active. Um, also, it's worth mentioning that contracts empty at the end of every year and you can refill them again. You have to refill them again if you don't want penalty cubes. So uh, that is contracts and loans. So now the next one I'll go over is tanks and pipes. So on the side of the board, there is a tank market. 
When you take tanks and pipes, you can buy tanks from the tank market and put them on your player board. Tanks let you hold more oil. Um, on your player board, you'll have spot for spots for tanks for each of the different grades. So you'll have spots for crude tanks, low grade, medium grade, and high grade tanks. You have to store oil in the tank that it matches. Um, tanks are a lot like oil in this game in that the more tanks that have been bought, then the more expensive the unbought tanks are. So the first person to get to tanks uh, uh, gets them much cheaper. Now, next to the tank market, there's also a bunch of pipes, and you can buy those pipes. You can buy uh, two pipes for $20 or four pipes for $40. I'm pretty sure I got those prices right if I didn't get those prices right. No, I didn't. It's $15 for any two pipes, $40 for any four pipes. And um, you can only take the pipes next to the tank market when you take that action. So tanks and pipes, when you take that action, you can buy tanks and or pipes. Um, now, machines and pipes is similar, but now we're getting into the fun, tricky stuff with pipeline. So there is a machine market, and next to the machine market, there are pipes. When you take this action... You can buy pipes from that machine market, uh, two for 15, four for 40, just like with the tanks and pipes action. And you can also buy a machine. Um, much like the tanks and the oil, the machines get more expensive the more have been bought, and they do refresh during the refresh phase. Um, but uh, what machines do is allow you to refine oil by paying a low cost at the end of every turn. So... When you buy a machine, there are these little square tiles that will cover half of a uh, of a rectangular pipe tile. So when you buy it, you'll immediately put the machine down, covering some pipes on your uh, on your personal pipe network. And then um, every pipe that goes into that machine that ends at that machine can no longer be worked by taking the action where you put your little dude on the pipe. Um, so this sounds bad. Uh, it does constrict you. But the good thing about machines, or the whole reason why you'd want them, is that after you take your action, you can pay $15 and you can run oil through every pipe connected to that machine, which can be up to four. So if you, you know if you've got some, if you've got uh, a lot of oil, and if you've you've got uh, you've got to forget how to talk suddenly. I'm not having a stroke. Don't call 911. If you have a if you have a machine attached to four pipes and you have the oil to run, then for $15 you can refine four barrels of oil for a free action. Machines are very good, um, but they do require a little bit of money to get started. So um, that is that's machines. That's how machines work. And the initial cost for machines is a little higher than you know it is for some of the other stuff in the game too. Um, so machines and pipes allows you to buy machines for your network and also buy pipes. And the last action is upgrades. So I mentioned earlier that there are four columns or five columns of upgrade cards. Um, upgrade cards are special abilities that, that do all sorts of things. Some give you tanks, some give you pipes, um, some give you special abilities, some give you a bonus every year at the refresh. Um, I won't go over all of the different actions right now, but they're all pretty powerful. Some let you take that secondary action without paying ten dollars. Um, you know, some let you run run machines for a lesser cost. They do all sorts of things.
there's seven different seven different categories of upgrades and you'll choose five you know at random or if you just like five you want to play with you can just do that um so you'll choose five at the start of the game and uh divide them into level one two and three so when you take this action from the upgrade action you choose a choose an upgrade you want to buy pay twenty dollars and then uh you will take the level one upgrade if you already have a level one upgrade for that let's say it's the machine upgrade and you have level one you'll take level two if you have level two you'll take level three and that's that's pretty cool right um you can you can pay twenty dollars per upgrade and take up to two of those so you can pay up to forty dollars and get two upgrades and now you're thinking oh well that's great you know i guess that the second and third level are more powerful so you'd probably just want to you know pay 40 and take level one and two well here is Pipeline being a, uh, a constrictive a-hole again. So um, after you, you can only buy one level of any upgrade per per year because there's these, these little tiles that you'll put in front of the upgrades. And after you take the upgrade action, you flip that tile face down showing that um, you, no one else can buy that particular upgrade until next year. Um and then also, after you've bought your one or two upgrades, you can <laughs> you can flip uh, one of those tiles on any other upgrade column face down. So you can just say, "Well, I'm going to buy this upgrade, and then cut off this upgrade that I think that I that I think hey that I thinks cut off this upgrade that I thinks Joe wants to buy." Um, you can cut off another uh, another upgrade. Um, at the end of the year, all those will flip over and they can be bought again. But it's worth noting if you see a level three upgrade that you really want, you have to buy level one in round in year one and level two in year two. Um, and they're all pretty good. So you know, buying a level one in year two is not bad. Buying a level one in year three is not fantastic. But um, yeah, that's upgrades. They give you special abilities. You pay. You take the action. Pay twenty dollars per upgrade you want to buy up to two and then um and then you can also cut off another upgrade uh, upgrades are pretty good in this game um like i said i'm not going to go over all of them but when you play i for the first time i'd recommend following the rule book where it says there are five it says to start with and just go with those and um you know then make sure you just read them all thoroughly before you start playing so uh those are the main eight actions in the middle of the board Outside of that, there are two other actions. The first we already talked about, that's running your own personal pipeline, which you do by choosing a tile in your pipeline and putting your little worker guy there and then running that wheel like I explained earlier. The other thing that you can do is buy government tile. So way back when, in the land of yore, you may remember me uh, talking about uh, the board and saying that there were four large sections full of a bunch of tile. These tiles are government tile. These are tiles that the government has put out to uh, to help the fledgling oil industry get get off the ground. Um, so these these different oil uh, or these different pipeline markets are available at various points in the game. So there's four of them, and at the start of the game in the first year. Um, two of them will be available to buy for. In year two, a third one opens up, and in year three, a fourth one opens up. And which ones are open is only determined by whoever buys from first. So 
you know, if two people have bought from the top two government pipeline areas, then, you know, in then someone can't buy out of either of the bottom ones um, until the next year when a pipeline, when the next uh, pipeline market opens. So the government tiles are also cheaper to buy. And the way you buy them is you will put your little dude down on one of the tiles and then you have to buy that tile and you can buy any amount of adjacent tiles next to that. So the first tile costs five, two costs 10, three costs 20, four costs 35 and five costs 55, which, you know, is, is a substantial discount considering it's, um, it's $5 more if you're buying the shop tiles from, uh, you know, the, the machines or tank action. So you'll put your guy down, decide you want to buy three tiles, take those tiles and pay 20 bucks and then add them to your pipe network. Um, government tiles are cheaper. It's the easiest way to get tiles to set everything up. And uh, then it's the last action we'll cover. So after everyone's done, or after you're done taking your action, as I said earlier, you do the machine phase where you can pay $15 to run all of your machines. And uh, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but if you have multiple machines, $15 flat runs them all. So machines are pretty good if you can get a bunch going. Um, then the, the only other thing to talk about is the refresh step, which is done at the end of every year is tracked on the board. Um, when the refresh step happens, you slide the rightmost contracts off the board um, and then you refill just the leftmost column for the contract. So you can actually run out of contracts in this game, but that's okay. Um, you'll also remove some of the oil from the refined markets and refill some of the oil in the crude markets, um, as well as flipping over the upgrades, making them available. Um, one thing that doesn't refresh that I also haven't explained, I've saved the best for last, are orders. Um, there's a section of the board with a bunch of orders. You can fill them at any time, assuming you have the oil. They're a lot like contracts where they'll show different grades of oil. So one might show, you know, three, three high grade, two medium grade. So you need three, maybe it has three orange high grade and two gray medium grade. If you have all of those, then you can fulfill that and get paid out. You get paid for, you get paid a lower price than the oil would get you in the refined market. But um, let's say you have those three high-grade orange and two medium-grade uh, silver. You can just you can just hiccup in the middle of recording a podcast. Wow, unprofessional. You can um, you can just take those three orange and those two gray, um, put them back in the supply, and then take that order off the board and get paid out for each of those barrels. Um, so orders pay you out less, just like contracts. But you can you can fulfill them at any time. They only are fulfilled once, and then they're gone. And you have to have all of the oil. You can't partially fulfill an order. So you have to have all the oil you need to fulfill a uh, an order. And then once they're gone, they don't refresh. Orders also have more barrel of oil requirements, so they're harder to fulfill. Um, because, you know, obviously not taking an action to sell a bunch of oil uh, is pretty good. And that is Pipeline. I think I've covered everything. So just to recap, in this game, you're refining oil by running it through pipes. Um, you'll then be selling that oil. 
And at the end of the game, you get points for the most money you have, the most um, the most cash you have on hand, I should say. You get points for any oil on your player board that is uh, better than crude. You get points for the length of pipes you have. And you get points for the valuations that I mentioned earlier, which may be things like, um, you know, they may score you points for uh, every orange pipe you have or every gray cube still on your board or every tank you have or every order you filled. So there's a number of different valuations that will score you cash. I keep saying points, but I mean cash. And uh, you subtract the penalty cubes. Person with the most cash after that wins. Um, on your turn, you're, everyone takes one action on their turn. As actions, you can refine oil in your personal pipeline. You can buy from the government oil, uh, from the government oil spaces. You can sell oil to refine markets and buy a limited amount of crude. You could go to the crude market and just buy a bunch of different colors of crude. Uh, you can take contracts, which allow you to uh, fulfill, which allow you to sell your oil easier. You can buy tanks and overpriced pipes. You can buy machines and overpriced pipes. Or you can buy upgrades that make everything better. Um, and that's pipeline, in a, uh, that's pipeline in a nutshell. Uh, hopefully I explained it well. I, I did a partial script this episode. Uh, <laughs> a partial script, partial talking points. So, you know, not as fluid as uh, the Lisboa was. But that is pipeline. I really like this game. Uh, if this has piqued your interest, I really recommend you pay, play this game. If you like uh, drier economic games, like if you're a fan of like Power Grid, I would say go out and buy this game. This game is right up your alley. Uh, I really love this game. I, you know, I, I said earlier I've played it eight or nine times. I want to play it more. Um, it, it, I don't know. Something about this game really uh, caught on with me, and I like it a lot. Um, so just real quick, let's do a few frequently asked questions. So. Um, one thing when I'm playing this is is that I always want to point out is that uh, the tanks on your board don't matter as far as refining oil. So if you want to refine oil from crude to medium grade and all your low grade tanks are filled with oil, that's fine. You just have to have tanks open for the final destination. You don't need tanks open for, um, they don't run through your tanks. So you can take that crude, take it to the refinery, and then just bring it back and stick it in the, the medium-grade tank. You ignore the ones in between. Um, also, when you're selling oil, you can always sell higher-grade as a lower-grade. If you really want to sell that high-grade oil, but all the orange high-grade oil spots are filled up, but there's some medium spots, you can cut your losses and sell it there. Um Another thing, the valuation, there's there's a bunch of valuation cards and a valuation tile that um, gives you bonus points for all pipe or bonus cash, keep saying points, for pipes connected to machines. You always use that valuation tile. I, I haven't really found a good reason. I've looked it up several times because it seems a little weird that that specific one would always be a scoring thing, um, but I think they just want to encourage you to use machines. Um, so you always include the valuation tile and three valuation cards. Um, I'm not sure if I mentioned this earlier, but you cannot run the same barrel of oil through two different pipes in one turn. So if you have, um, you know, two, if you're running oil through two orange pipes, well, you can't run two pipes of the same color anyway. So that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Um, but uh, it's one one barrel through one pipe every turn, and yeah, that's um 
that's all the the frequently asked questions that I had. So next up, we're gonna go to Board Game Geek and we're gonna read some uh, some delightful one star reviews of Pipeline. People, let's get a let's get the opinion of people that that didn't like it as much as me. I'm sure these will be well thought out and uh, well written. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we never see anything on Board Game Geek. Uh, as far as one-star reviews, that's not very well written and, and written out. Also, um, you know, if you're following along at home and you want to read these on Board Game Geek, you know, that's great. Please don't, please don't harass anyone who, um, who I read their review. If you go and read this review, don't like send them an angry message because I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to make fun of the people leaving these message. I am making fun of, uh, of their messages a little bit. Um, but I'm not making fun of them. Everyone has a right to not like a game. And if someone doesn't like a game that is, that I like, that's totally fine with me. Um, I'm just, I'm just, I just more like laughing at like, uh, hyperbolic statements. So, when we go to the one-star reviews for Pipeline, it's a pretty new game, and there's only four one-star reviews. Uh, the first three are blank. They did not leave any notes at all, no comments, so it's sad. The fourth one, however, uh, is great. Uh, Vikings40 says, Really wish BGG would implement an anti-shill measure, but alas, it's just up to us. An anti-shill measure. That's really bizarre to see a game that's like, that's got a lot of eight ratings, like Pipeline, and say, ah, it must be people paid by the company. Why would anyone pay to give their game a like a a, a ten review on Board Game Geek? Like, there's plenty of people on Board Game Geek that kickstarted a game that are just giving it a ten review because they kickstarted it. Like, <laughs> there's no need for a game company to hire, uh, to hire anti-shill or to hire shills. Like, it's so ridiculous. And how would you even tell who is a shill? Oh, man, I really love Pipeline. I mean, according to this guy, I might be a shill because I'm doing a whole podcast about it. How much did Capstone pay you? I mean, I wish Capstone would pay me. That would be great. Uh, I'd settle for them just sending me another game, but, you know, whatever. I'm I'm not a shill apparently. I haven't got the message. Uh yeah, so those are those are the only four one star reviews. So when there's not a lot of one star reviews, we go to the two star reviews. So first up, uh <laughs> we have a, a, the rare legitimate comment. Um far too punishing uh major design flaws. If you slug through all of that, there's not really anything there to really enjoy <laughs> wait, I'm sorry. There's really, there really is not anything there to really enjoy. Avoid. So, you know, far too punishing. That's fine. That's reasonable criticism. Major design flaws. Uh, well, you didn't list any of them, but you did say you have to slug through all of that, all those unnamed flaws. And then there, there really is not anything there to really enjoy. There's stuff there to enjoy, but not, not really anything to really enjoy. So, you know. Um, so we have another one that says very bad, very bad and overhyped game that is at best just another Euro game. It's mechanism for turn order jumping is what kills this game. I found myself with long waits between some turns and other times going back to back. 
Planning ahead seemed mostly a mostly moot affair, and I found myself disengaged for most of the game. The artwork and theme are incredibly boring, and the components don't have uniform artwork. This seems especially sloppy. Overall, a poor attempt at a board game in the designer and publisher should be ashamed. Okay. Ian O'Toole is like one of the most beloved artists in the board game world. He's one of those artists that like people actually know their name because sadly a lot of people don't know who does the art on, I don't know, Kalis or something. Um, so, I don't know. I think the art in this is good. I don't understand what they're saying. Or like the, it doesn't have a lot of art either. I don't understand what he's saying. Or like they don't have uniform artwork. It's mildly confusing. Also, like, the mechanism for turn order jumping is what kills the game. And he makes it sound like that made it take longer? I mean, I don't know. It's like, it, the turn order jumping allows you to, if you're if you're stuck going last, you can say, well, I'm going to take this action and go first. Also, I don't understand what he's saying about not planning ahead. Did someone go and buy literally every cube? Not going when you want to go will make things more expensive, but usually you can't you can't be locked out. And one of the things I like about this game is that you can't really be locked out of things. You just things cost more most of the time. Uh, hmm. Anyway, well, you know what? You're entitled to your opinion, but your opinion is wrong. Uh, <laughs> so now we have um, we have someone from Massachusetts whose name I'm not going to try and pronounce says, "Oh, fun lover," spelled with a ph. Wow. Okay. I'm dumb. Uh, <laughs> uh, they say, It's possible we were taught some things wrong as the written rules are in development, but I have no desire to ever play the game we played again. There are some interesting things going on, but independent of rules issues, the unforgiving start and AP-inducing search for the perfect pipe tiles were not for me. I can't make fun of this guy because... Uh, uh, the reviews, yeah, that's actually a pretty reasonable review. I should have screened that review ahead of time. Now I feel bad that I didn't because, uh, you know what, Fun Lover? Yeah, that's, that's, I'm sorry you didn't like it, you know? Maybe you'll like it if you do give it another try. Or maybe not. I know some. this game isn't for everyone, but I'm sorry you didn't like it because I like it. I don't want everyone to like the same things I like. Uh, you know who didn't like this? Pula from Finland. Dislike confusing rules. That's a terrible Norwegian accent. Dislike, confusing rules. Has a huge first player advantage, which is in no way compensated for. This in itself, for me, is a game breaker. I don't understand how all these people have problems with turn orders in a game where you can, if you're going last, you can take an action that lets you go first for free. It's uh, it, it's a little confusing to me. Let's see. Uh, uh, we have someone else that uh, someone someone here accidentally put a ten star review in the place of the three star reviews. They say ponderous, mathy, economic engine builder. To me, that's just a description of a fantastic game. What are you talking about, dude? I don't. I don't. I don't know. What's What's in this guy's collection? Let me see. Ponderous, mathy, economic engine builder. I want to play that game. That sounds. Fantastic. Okay, let's see. Owns 102 games. Not too shabby. Let's see what they got. Oh, no. It's taking too long. Okay, we got it. It didn't take that long. Uh, let's see. They've got Acquire. <laughs> Acquire, the stock market game? That's a pretty mathy, ponderous game. They've got that at a 9. Um, Netrunner's a 9. It's pretty good. Let's see. Um, Assault on Hoth. 
the Empire 1988 Empire Strikes Back game. I don't know what that is. Well, this guy writes a lot of uh, writes a lot of long reviews. Let's see, backgammon. Um, well, Bios Megafauna is not rated, but he has one play. Now that's a heavy, ponderous game. Um, too bad he doesn't say anything about it. That's sad. But this episode isn't on Bios Megafauna. It's on Pipeline. Um, Commands and Colors Ancients, a good game, rated a nine. Okay, well, I like a lot of this guy's. Uh, I like a lot of this guy's games that that they like. It's we well, he doesn't have a lot of Euro games on here. He looks like he likes more weird thinky games and war games. And they have a lot of uh they have a lot of high rate. I actually really like this guy's game collection. I actually even though you didn't like uh you didn't like Pipeline, dude, or maybe you accidentally just gave Pipeline a three instead of a ten. Uh, I do like your game collection, Doctor Doctor Glaze at all. I would like to I would like to play some of these games with you. because uh, you seem like a pretty cool dude. Sorry I didn't like Pipeline. I think it's cool. But I won't I won't bring it to your house when we play games together. Um let's see. Uh we have another person that says the definition of a dry mathy Euro. If you have nostalgia for math homework, I highly recommend it. I I don't know if you could call it calling this game math homework is a little bit of a stretch. It's I mean there's not a ton of math in the game. Like most of the part that takes a while is like the spatial part where you're putting the pipes together. But I don't know. I don't know what this guy's talking about. But um, I don't know. What are? Well, let me see his. Oh, oh no! <laughs> he has he has Gloomhaven and Kingdom Death rated tens. Those are two of my tens as well. Holy crap! Uh, this is another person who, who bashed a game I like that, uh, you know, gave it, uh, that likes other games I like. Wow. Wow, it's crazy. Wow, that's just the craziest thing I've heard all day. How about that? It's not really that exciting. Okay, uh, yeah, the reviews today are not super hilarious, unfortunately. I was really hoping we'd get some, some funnier one-star reviews, but it's a new game. And then as you, as you get up, as people like games more, you know, the reviews are... They're they're less entertaining. Um, so because of that, let's go to Amazon.com and see what what people on Amazon have to say about it. I really just hope some people bought this game or like, oh, it's a board game. I like Monopoly. This is like Monopoly with pipes. I really hope there's some some people bought it and they're like, what the what is this? So, Pipeline on Amazon has three five-star reviews and two one-star reviews. Um, so, uh, oh, we we have a review here, a five-star review that says, Pipeline is an economic-based Euro-style game. The gameplay is very tight, and each choice you have to make is difficult and challenging. But yet, each time I play it, I want to play it again right away. If you like heavier style board games, then you will enjoy this game. And then right under that, we have JB who says, There's not enough alcohol to make this game understandable. I didn't like it, it made my brain hurt. They didn't say that last part, but <laughs> they could have. Um, yeah. Sadly, uh, not a ton of funny one-star reviews. We have one person that says, 
going to the store, buying oil, pouring it on the, this game box, and lighting it on fire. Worst game I've ever attempted to play. Wow, you really hate it. This is the guy that really liked Monopoly. That was like, oh, it's like Monopoly, but with pipes. And then, yeah, they were not prepared for the heavy-duty thinkiness. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that is the delightful the delightfulness that is pipeline. That's all we've got for our pipeline mania. Uh, yeah, pipeline's a great game. Go out, if you like dry games, go out and buy this game and play a lot, and then refine your oil and have fun with it. Um, so that's 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 the end of the pipeline segment of this podcast. Uh, if you're wondering what games I have been playing lately, uh, I had an unboxing video for Dragon Scales go up on Gaming with Swag, the site I write for, um, and I have got to play it. A really fun, lighter, kind of take-that-style game. It has, like, a dice-rolling mechanic similar to Race for the Galaxy, where you secretly roll dice, and then you place them on a communal board, and you're trying to trying to either take spots no one else has taken or roll more of one type of die to bump people off. Uh, really fun game. I, I, I had a blast playing it. I'd like to play it again. Uh, played pretty quick. It has player elimination, but it, it, I mean, we, we ended the game two turns later. So the person who got eliminated was only sitting there for like five minutes. Um, and you can still win when you get eliminated too. Yeah. I like the game a lot. Really fun. Had one of the best written rule books that I've ever read. I would read the, I would read a portion of the rule book and be like, I wonder if you do this, if... I wonder if you do A, if you can still do B, and then, like, right under that section of rules would be, like, in bold, just a note, if you do A, you can still do B. It's like, you read my mind, rulebook. It, it, yeah, great rulebook. Uh, Arcane Wonders puts it out. Dragon Scales, I think it just came out. I'll have a review going up at GamingWithSwag.com if you want to read my thoughts, my further thoughts on it. You get some of my thoughts now. I liked it. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, Dragon Scales, I played that. I'm trying to think of what else I played. Uh, I, I got to play another game of Pax Renaissance. I did an even better job of teaching it. Uh, I did such a good job, the person I taught it won. And, uh, yeah, a first-timer winning, and who, who got a pretty good grasp on the game and what to do. Um, Pax Renaissance, man, if you didn't hear me talk about it in the last episode, it's a super heavy, dry game. Uh, by Matt and Phil Eklund, who are Sierra Madre Games, who make incredibly heavy games about things like rocket science. Um, and Pax Renaissance, you are medieval bankers trying to influence Europe abstractly. I love this game. I can't wait to do an episode where I teach this game, because it is uh, very hard to learn on your own. And I really, really want to teach people and demystify this game. Uh, it's it's a good one. It may be my next episode, maybe, maybe. Um, but yeah, I liked it a lot. Pax Renaissance, highly recommend it. Check it out. Check it out. Uh, I don't know if I've really played much outside of that. I I um I have a friend who lives in Japan who we've been wanting to play Twilight Struggle on Skype, but his internet's been down. So uh, well, play Twilight Struggle on the app. And then Skype at the same time, hang out and play board games overseas. But his internet's been messed up. Um, so in the meantime, I have the Twilight Struggle app on my phone. I've been playing a lot of it. Twilight Struggle, if you don't know, is like a kind of an abstract two-player war game about the Cold War. And it was number one on Board Game Geek for years and years and years. And I think Pandemic Legacy kicked it off. 
Um, I'm not sure about that, but that, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. And it's it's a good one. It's a fun game. Uh, it's a good war game. It's a, it's just a good game. And the app is really good. Uh, I've played it a lot, and I still don't always win versus the AI, which you know is a sign that it's a good game with a lot of layers. Twilight Struggle, not to be confused with Twilight Imperium, which is the big empire building game. Uh, highly recommend it. Buy the buy the app. Go out, do it now. Yeah, and outside of that, I haven't had a chance to play many games. September and October are super busy for me. There's a ton of stuff going on in fall. I'm going on a trip to Vermont soon, which should be fun. Uh, I'm going to the um, and I live near the Philly area. And there's a 24-hour horror marathon put on by Exhume Films every uh, every weekend before Halloween and uh, or the last weekend in October. So um, I'll be going to that. And yeah, I got a lot going on, and uh, I would like to play more games. I I need to play more games. It's killing me. Um, but yeah, so that's it. That's all I got. That's all all the the game talk I've got for you. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If you didn't enjoy it, then uh, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, but if you did enjoy it, like it, uh, like this like this podcast, review it, uh, re- like it on iTunes, review it, subscribe. I don't know, I don't even know how to check my metric- metrics, but hopefully people are getting, hopefully people are listening to this and getting something out of it and enjoying it. So yeah, uh, that is it for. I also write for GamingWithSwag.com. Uh, you can find the podcast there. You can also find the ca- podcast on iTunes, on Castbox, on I don't know Podmania. What pod sites are out there? Who knows? Um, so look that up if you want to read some stuff I write. Check out GamingTheSwag.com. I don't just write there; other people write there, and there's a lot of really good articles. And we write stuff about um, not just board games, sometimes video games, sometimes you know. There's a a uh, guy that writes on the site that writes about toy stuff now and then, like toy collecting stuff, which even though I don't collect toys, is interesting to read. So yeah, go check it out. Check, hey, go 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 like Gaming with Swag. Go like my go read my uh, listen to the podcast. I don't know. I'm bad at promotion. You can tell that. You've already turned off the podcast by now. Anyway, I'm Brad J. This has been Brad J. Plays. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy Pipeline. And hey, have a great day.